Yes, we McCann. Yes, we McCann. <laughs> welcome to Where's My Stick if you're new and welcome back if you aren't. I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And we're going to talk about some NHL news. So there's a ton to talk about, but I think we're going to start off with some COVID news in the NHL. That's right. COVID is not over, even though <laughs> it seems like everybody is out and about. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Oh, gosh. And it's crazy because now we see, like, a lot of COVID um, outbreaks in Canada or in the North Division, whereas, like, before it was in all of the um, American divisions. So the biggest outbreak is um, with the Canucks. Currently, um, they had 21 players, four coaching staff, and one additional close contact in isolation. And all players and staff... Uh, are currently quarantined and they're on Vancouver's active list uh, on the COVID protocol. Uh, Apparently this strand of COVID is the Brazilian variant of COVID and this variant is extremely like easy to spread. They said that, um, they said that there has been an ongoing investigation by the Vancouver Coastal Health and Club to contact tracing all of the people or all of the individuals that could have um, uh, that could have got infected with this strand at, at the training facilities, um, and this started on March 30th, where Adam Gaudet, a forward, was pulled off of the ice midway through practice because his test result came back positive, and um, people were saying that it was kind of messed up because practice continued. They just pulled Adam off the ice and then they continued practice. Um, and then following the events, more players started testing positive, the coaching staff. And um, currently this outbreak is bigger than the ones that the Dallas Stars had and the Devils, um, which if you remember earlier this season, they had big outbreaks. It's still up in the air whether the Canucks are going to finish the season or not. It's been said that players or the coaching, the medical staff had to go to players' houses to to uh, hook up IVs for players because they're bedridden. Um, this variant is like, it hits you very hard, very fast. And um, all of the uh, symptoms are pretty intense COVID system, symptoms. So um this sucks, man. And um, like I said, it's still up in there if the Canucks are going to return. But they said if the Canucks do return to play, and there's a hope that they will, it'll be sometime around April 16th, which is the earliest to be considered with players coming back. Uh, I just... This, this really, really sucks because I feel like one... Like, we're so close to the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, we almost did it. And also, like, you never you never want to hear about that. Like, obviously, like, we wish all the players, like, a speedy recovery. And even their families, too. Because I know one player, um, I think, I don't know. I know one player, like, he has, like, people in his families with underlying health conditions. And, like, if this is a more, like, a more potent variant, that's. That's really scary to know that you might have potentially brought something into your family. And at the August 16th date, is, I'm a little skeptical because if they're just coming back from COVID, they're going to be in no condition to play. Yeah, I think that um, it's very, I think it's very unrealistic to say they'll be back around April 16th, just because we've seen players who had COVID earlier in the season just start hitting their stride now. And so it's unrealistic to expect them to just jump right back into the playoff push. And Vancouver is actually uh, fifth in their division. Um, And, you know, like they're fighting for a playoff spot. So like to put these players in this position is very unfortunate. And I don't know. I personally think it's like crazy for the NHL to even float around having the, uh, the Canucks come back. But on um, Puck Soup, uh, they were saying how they probably aren't going to come back, but the NHL just wants doesn't want to just come out and say it. 
They're like, oh, no, yeah. no, we're going to try our hardest. And and they probably are. But I think the realistic thing is that they're not going to come back. I would be surprised if the Canucks do come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it, it would be completely different if this was in the beginning yeah. of the season or in the middle of the season, like the Stars and the Devils. But we have less than 20 games left. Exactly. So uh, there have been other players um, put on the NHL COVID protocol list. The Avs have a player. Um, they didn't hold a morning state because there was a positive COVID test. Um, the player who tested positive is in I- isolation. Um, and the team is saying that this is just a precautionary measure. However, they didn't cancel that night's game. So the Avs and the Ducks will continue to play um, at the time of recording this. That's Friday night. And then uh, William Nylander for the Leafs is also on the NHL's COVID protocol list. Um, it's undetermined if he has been in contact or is has been exposed to the to the virus. Um, but this is just a precautionary uh, measure. He's still staying on the um, the COVID at the NHL COVID list. So. With all of this coming out, especially with Vancouver, it's been floated out there by some of like Elliot Friedman has said this and other reporters have said that the NHL might be thinking about doing another bubble. And that's something that the players are absolutely against. Like they did not like the bubble last time. Uh, They do not want to do the bubble again. But it's unfortunate too, right? Because the bubble is probably the safest thing for them, but they were so like mentally drained and like, to the point where, like, the players don't advocate for themselves much, but the fact that they're all, like, in agreement and saying, like, no, we no. are not doing this, you can only imagine how bad it was for them mentally and just, like, physically. And there's so many players now that, I mean, even playing in this season where they're not technically, it's not technically a bubble, but they're not allowed to be with their family, they're not allowed to travel yeah. like this because they have games almost every night. And when they go home, they're not even allowed to hang out with, their teammates they're pretty much isolated so i can't imagine that that even further isolation would be something that they would be open to yeah i agree i feel like they're kind of just like we will do anything anything that the nhl asks as long as you (laughs) don't put us in a bubble and i know there are some teams i think the rangers and the lightning like their players have already started getting vaccinated so maybe with the increase in vaccinations, um, we won't have such big outbreaks or potentially no more outbreaks. That's the that's the goal. But one thing I will say is that increased vaccinations doesn't mean that there's going to be no more COVID, positive COVID tests. True. Like you can still get COVID if you are vaccinated. It just gives you a likelihood that you will recover faster. Um, so, you know... I mean, I do think that the players should be vaccinated, um, but it's just, it's unfortunate because, like, as more people become vaccinated, you do see that the COVID, um, like, the there's an increase in positive COVID cases just in, like, general. Like, I know here in Baltimore, that's what's happening. Because people are getting vaccinated? Well, like, because, like, yeah, there's, like, Baltimore did a really good job rolling out their vaccinations, but they are, like, positive COVID tests are positive COVID numbers are rising. And I think that's more one because it's spring and more people are out. But if being vaccinated, more people are going, doing things and you can still spread the the virus. So, okay. I do feel, I mean, I feel like that's correlated. I don't know if it is for sure. I'm not a scientist. Correlation does not equal causation. Exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's a fact, but I do think that I think there's it's, some type of there's a relationship. Relation. Yeah, like there's something going on there. I don't know exactly what, but you, you can get it. <laughs> so yeah, COVID in the NHL it has not gone away. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I I just feel like it's hit the North Division last because the Canadians also had like some sort of mini outbreak recently mm. as well. Yeah, they're not immune. I love that it's, well, I don't love at all, but it's just like so interesting that 
they're starting to have outbreaks after they're like, players can come and dine in. Like, remember, they were like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> after the outbreak in America, let's open our, our dining rooms to players. They can come in, have drinks. Only a seven-day quarantine. Only a seven-day yeah, quarantine a, rather than 14. That's fine. That's fine. Honestly, I mean, it's not just Canada, too. Like, in America, the CDC is saying, like, oh, um, three feet. people can travel. Go ahead. Do all this stuff. It's like. Three feet, not six. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Just kiss them in the mouth. Kiss them in the mouth. Say hi. It's fine. <laughs> With tongue. Go ahead. <laughs> six feet. Just, just do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, anything else on COVID that you want to touch on? No. Okay. Christy, it is now time to talk about the trade deadline. I I feel like this season has just blown by. I cannot believe we're talking about the trade deadline. But like you said earlier, we're less than 20 games um, into or 20 games from the playoffs. So let's talk about some trade deadlines. There have already been a few trades. I think the most notable one is the or on April 7th, the Islanders and the Devils traded together to the Islanders went Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac and the Devils got a 2021 first round pick a conditional 2022 second rounder AJ Greer Mason Jobs and the Devils retained 50% of both Palmieri and Zajac's salaries give me your thoughts on this trade because oh my god I just want to know does Lou Lamorello think the devils are the only team that he can trade with like there are other teams go elsewhere other teams that he's going to be able to get exactly what he wants for a price that he wants i don't know like new jersey stop giving him everything new jersey said we're gonna open our purse and you're gonna just (laughs) (laughs) let us I, like if this is it's so mind-boggling because like the islanders they're already good <laughs> well yeah like they, they are really good and and here's the thing they i like what they got but it's just like I, the devil's got nothing for them like i get it kyle palmary is a a free agent after this year they couldn't get a deal done as of right now maybe he'll go back to them um i'm not sure about travis zajac's contract but the fact that they retained 50 percent of 50% of salary on both of them. They just got a first round pick this year, which honestly, it doesn't seem like first round picks are that important to people this year because no one's been scouting the the players. And then <laughs> a conditional 2020 second rounder. So like there's a condition on that. And then two prospects from what I can, like what I've been seeing from Islanders fans. And to be fair, I have not spoken to a lot of <laughs> Islanders fans. Um, these prospects aren't like top tier prospects. It's not like it's Oliver Wallstrom. So yeah. <laughs> they got them for nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> they got them for nothing. Yes. Um, some other trades, uh, the Blackhawks traded with the Florida Panthers and got uh, Vinny Hinestroza back. And then Brad Morrison went to the Florida Panthers. A lot of people are, are saying that, um, this trade gives Henestroza more time to put like more time on ice. He'll be playing with the Blackhawks, but this also clears cap space for the Panthers to make additional moves. Now the Panthers have been very good this season. Uh, I believe yes. they're fighting for first in their division. I could be wrong on that. I think they are. Yeah, they are. They're, it's a, well, they're tied for second with Tampa Bay. Um, and they played one more game than Tampa and Carolina, who is actually first in their division. But, I mean, they're one point behind them. They're very close. So they're kind of in a similar position as the Isles where they should go for it. I mean, I feel like the Isles, the Isles are set up for a longer contention than the than mm-hmm. the Panthers. But so the Panthers haven't been in the playoffs in how many years? And they haven't been like a dominant team in how many years so maybe they're figuring they need to move cap space so they can really go for it and looking at the trade that the islanders did they can get a good haul for a little bit so <laughs> i wouldn't be gun shy like, <laughs> and they they don't have to sign these guys after because they're both free agents exactly <sighs> the like, what's it like this? for your team to have like cap space and like prospects and picks to be able to trade what's that like 
I thought it was so funny when you were just like, hey, could the Penguins have done this? And then you're just like, oh, no, they don't have a first-round pick. <laughs> they don't. They gave that up for Jason Zucker. No. They gave it up I last mean, year, so it's fine. It's fine. No. It's, you it know, is. it's. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> um, you know, I'm crying, but it's fine. No one knows if these are sad <laughs> or happy tears. It's fine. <laughs> I, but this is a good year not to have a first round pick. It is a good year. Which, you know what? After, you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I've come to terms with it. It's fine. Uh, some other notable trades. March 26th, uh, the Buffalo Sabres traded Eric Saul to the Montreal Canadiens. And the Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres got back a 2021 third and fifth round picks. The Sabres also retained $1.625 million of Saul's salary. And apparently, um, Eric Saul waived his no-move clause. Like, one of the teams on the list was Montreal. Waived that to get out of Buffalo, which is so sad. Good for him. Yeah. But still. He's know. he's going to a team. He is going. Uh, you know, you hate to see it. Um, And then on uh, another one, I mean, this might only be interesting to me, but... Um, the Florida Panthers traded Brett Connolly, Riley Stillman, Henrik Borgen, who is, or Borgstrom, who is an RFA, that's his rights, and a 2021 seventh round pick um, to the Blackhawks. And the Panthers got back Lu- Lucas, Lucas Carlson and Lucas Wallman. Lucas Walmark. Um, and that's just interesting to me because I like Brett Connolly. I thought he played really well for the, the Caps when he played for them and I thought he was doing pretty well for the Panthers but I guess the Panthers were like we need someone better so we'll trade him to the Blackhawks so um interesting to see if he uh I mean the Blackhawks are surprisingly not horrible so I wonder if if he might put up some numbers in these next 20 games it might be a like a money move since I think they might be looking for a defenseman since Aaron Eckblad is out for the rest of the season that's very true and it's so interesting that you bring up some defensemen because I have uh, a list of defensemen and some other possible players that'll be on the move that we should look out for come Monday. Uh, Matthias Ekholm on the Predators and Ryan Ellis on the Predators. They're both 30 years old. And Ekholm is only signed through 20, the 2021-22 season at a $3.75 million cap hit, whereas Ryan Ellis, Ryan Ellis is signed through 2026-2027 season at a 6.25 cap hit. They, the Predators have been on, like, a lot of their players have been on these possible player moves, but currently, the like, they've won their last, like, five games or whatever. They're and in now a playoff spot. They're in a playoff spot. So, I mean, this could all be for naught. They're a couple points down than the next three. Like, it's Colorado. I mean, Carolina with 57 points, Tampa Bay with 56 points, Florida with 56 points, and then Nashville with 45 points. They're 11 points back of Florida. (laughs) I know. That's so funny. But, I mean, four teams have to get in, so it doesn't matter how many points they're back by. They just need to be that fourth team. So it might be unrealistic to see them moved, but who knows? You know, David Poyle, he might do it. Yeah, he might trade one of them. Uh, And then uh, the Blue Jackets, David Savard's name has been thrown around. He's 30 years old. He's a UFA this this summer, and his cap hit is $4.2 million. Um, And then Vince Dunn from the St. Louis Blues, who's 23. He's an RFA this summer, and his cap hit is $1.875 million. Vince Dunn, who... Someone made a face cam of him, and I was like, that's what Vince Dunn looks like? And then, like, a couple hours later, there was a video going around of him saying the N-word. And I was like, Vince <laughs> Dunn, yes, okay. <laughs> so that little, like, Vince Dunn question mark exclamation point lasted for three hours, and then it went away. I, I saw how much money he made, and I was just like, okay, but then I was just like, damn. <laughs> well, see, I saw how much money he made his age, and I was like, okay, like, I'll take that. But yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Part of I mean, like, I'm just like, 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 <laughs> like, there's shitty players on all of our teams. Like, 
<laughs> but if we can get a good defensive. <laughs> there are shitty players everywhere. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. I was like, I know that there's players that have said the N-word. They just haven't been on. They haven't been uh, recorded. Streaming. That we know. But moving on, uh, Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks. He's 29. He signed through 2021-22 season at a 4.1 million cap hit. Then we have the Sabres, Brandon Montour, who's 26, a UFA this summer, and his cap hit is 3.85 million. Then Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy from the Devils, and Dmitry Kulikov from the Devils, um, both are UFAs this summer. Murray makes 4.6 million and Kulikov makes 1.15. So from this list, is there anyone that entices you that you think is like one of the players to get? I want Winnipeg to get Matias Ekholm so badly. <laughs> so what badly. Is it, like, what, do you, what is it about him that you like? I like his cap hit, and I like that they would have to protect him in the expansion draft. I think, um, and he's not gonna—he's not gonna be signed for like two more years, for this year and next, so they don't have to worry about signing him and like him leaving. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know Winnipeg's like cap hit. But I would think that I would try to go for Ryan Ellis. Just because yeah. I think that he's better. And I think you need a number one defenseman to play with. What's Josh Moore. Morrissey? Morrissey. Yeah. I was going to say, what's the guy that looks like a baby doll? It's Josh Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> his his cap is a lot, though. I mean, I guess he's yeah. good. Yeah. I guess I guess he's good, I guess. But um, I, no, and I, just the I, length. Yeah, and, you know, I do agree. I think that is, that's good. Matias Ekholm does fit right now, and then it's kind of you worry about it later. But I just feel like the Jets always do that. It's like, we'll we'll deal with now, and then we'll worry about the later, later. And then it's later, and we're all just like, oh, my God, they suck again. What are we doing? (laughs) And Chevy's like, it's Lainey's fault. And then everyone's like, oh, my God. It's still Lainey's fault. Um, I think Aww. ideally, like for for Winnipeg, Vince Dunn like does fit since he is, he's not making that much. He's controllable, but <laughs> I mean, and they do need someone. I think Vince they Dunn do. is a right right D. They are like, they need someone with Morrissey. Morrissey's just been not great. See, that's the thing is that I don't trust Vince Dunn to be that partner with Morrissey. So I'd go out and get someone that's proven I do like I don't mind Vince Dunn being lower in the you know like is he a second or a third pairing defenseman I'm okay with that but I think that the the need on defense is more than a Vince Dunn if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and maybe he grows into the role like maybe he grows into I'm not like I don't want to sit here and say like oh it'll never happen because he's 23 it'll happen but I'm just saying that I think right now I would want someone more proven. So I guess I definitely agree with the Matthias Ekholm for you that you said. Because with yeah. the cap hit that the Jets have, let's they see. They have $2.3 million. Okay. I was going to say, do they have enough to get both? They don't. No. They don't have enough. <laughs> Who's making all this money? Oh, hey, Blake. You know. <laughs> oh, Blake. Don't try to blame Brian Little. Don't try to blame. Love used to love to he, go. He, he's on IR, so it's fine. Like it's not. And game. they're still that close to the cap. Yeah. Holy moly, gosh. Oh my gosh. So we talked a lot about defensemen. Here are some other players that are, like you know, forwards that are on the move. Surprise, surprise. Taylor Hall. Anybody surprised about Taylor Hall? Can you believe how bad Buffalo was this season? I cannot believe it. I hate to think about it. I feel. <laughs> I feel bad for I feel bad for him, but like he did this to himself. He did, but not too much. Um. So yeah, Taylor Hall. uh, He's twenty nine, and this his cap hit is eight million. So like Buffalo has to retain salary, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, next is Mike Hoffman from St. Louis. I didn't even know he signed in St. Louis. He's 31, and his cap hit is $4 million, and he is a UFA after this year. So is Taylor Hall. He's Where do you think Taylor should go? Like... I don't know. I I don't know. Like, people have been saying Colorado. And, like, Ugh. I don't want that. But I, I don't know who has the space. Like, who has the space? The Islanders already said no. That That's not going to be them. They went and got Paul Mary. Um, there's, the Caps don't have the space. Like, the Penguins, please. Like, I wouldn't hate that, but there's no way they have that that space. People are saying Boston. I wouldn't uh, mind him in Boston because that would help solve, like, the, the second line left wing. That's always a revolving door in Bo- Boston, but that's in our division, so I hate that. I wonder <laughs> if... Do the Canes need somebody? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know either. And I've heard, of course, uh, Toronto for Hall. Yeah, so I don't know. That. I don't think there's there's no, nothing, no team that I said I want him to go to. So I, I really don't know. <laughs> Maybe Vegas, they need someone. They have no cap space. They have no cap space. And I don't like Vegas. Like, I just, <laughs> it's been a couple years that I can, like, truly say I don't like Vegas. Um, so I don't want to see them get someone that could help them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I would want Taylor Hall to go. Yeah, me neither. I wonder if he is moved. But, I mean, he's definitely going to be moved. Buffalo has been sending him out games so he doesn't get injured. So that you know he's going to move. So where do you think he's going to go? Like your final, like, you have to pick. I don't know. All right. I, like, like, I, I really don't throat. know. Knife to your throat. Knife to my throat. I'm picking Boston. Knife to your throat. Where are you picking? Say a team. I'm picking Colorado. Like, I don't even think they need him, but just to, just for fun, I guess. That's like, awful. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would hate it. Next is Alex Afala. Af- Oh my god, I always say Iafalo. Yeah, like Alex Iafalo from the Kings. He's a left wing, he's twenty seven, and his cap hit is two point four three million. And it seems like the Kings are trying to get a deal done with him, but it hasn't been signed yet, so a lot of people are thinking that he's on the move. And I mean they can always trade him, get something for him, and then sign him in the off season. But you know, who knows? Uh, one defenseman that we didn't talk about, which is my bad, Jamie Oleksiak on Dallas. His oh name's been floated around. And he's 28, and he makes $2.14 million, and he's a UFA. Can you make it back to the Penguins? I wouldn't hate that, I but I feel we... like the Penguins have a ton of D. Yeah, I was just like, we don't yeah. need another left, left D. <laughs> and, and speaking of the Penguins, I'm going to talk about Scott Lawton since Christy attacked me. After I just I woke curious. up, like, mind confused, disjointed, talking about Scott Lawton. And I knew when she brings up any Flyers players that this is this is not going to be good. Like, <laughs> I have to be on guard. I so didn't bring Scott him up. Lawton, the other people did. I know. Scott Lawton, uh, 12th on TSN's trade bait list. Uh, he is a center, but he plays wing as well. He's 26, and his cap hit is $2.3 million, and he's a UFA this season. Or he's a UFA after this season. And so here's the thing about Scott Lawton, okay? I think Scott Lawton is a fantastic player, right? Like, I I really like him. Like, I, I'm a fan. Him. I've been a fan. I think the more that I've watched Scott Lawton and see his potential, the more I like him. I do think that he's pricing himself out of Philadelphia, I think that the Flyers have maybe a couple prospects that could turn into a Scott Lawton. So I don't know if they would be able to pay him. 
That said, do I want anyone else to have him? No. <laughs> Not even the penguins? Wow. I like it's just weird when like Flyers turn penguins and stuff like that. Especially Scott because he was drafted by the Flyers. He got engaged to his girlfriend in the city. Like he's like a part of the Flyers and he really likes it here. Like he has said like he was like he likes staying in the city. Like he likes being in the city. He wants to stay here. And something very oh. sweet about Scott Lawton is one, he's just so sweet with his girlfriend or his fiance that they he proposed to her after a game on their walk to go get post game pizza. And he like proposed to her. And then they went to the pizza place that they've never been to before. And she was like, Oh, I think I'm gonna get this slice. And he was like, It's really good, you should try it. And she was like, We've never been here before. And he was like, Oh, I did a run through of proposing with Raffle, another Philadelphia Flyer player. Uh, the day before. So he like did a run through of proposing to her with his teammate and they got pizza afterwards. It's he's just so sweet. Like he's just such a good guy. Um, but yeah, anyway, talking back to his play, the good things about Scott Lawn is that he can play center. The Flyers don't seem to like him at center. They think that he's a better winger, which, you know, I, I don't know. I think before last season, I would have agreed with them. But I think that Scott can definitely hold his own. Um, so far this season, he has seven goals, 10 assists for 17 points in 36 games. So this is that's his production like a good player season. for the Penguins. I don't know. I don't know. There's 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 other players that I think I'd I'd want for the Penguins, but we'll get into the Penguins a little bit later. <laughs> What third team needs to get involved so that the Penguins and Philadelphia actually do this? Maybe the, uh, was it the Knights last time that did it? Or no, it was Tampa. Or was it Tampa? It was Tampa. It was Philly to Tampa to uh, Pittsburgh. (laughs) And then they didn't even play him. Mike Sullivan was mean and didn't even play Mark (laughs) Strait. And I was begging. I was like, put Strait in. (laughs) I mean, he won his cup, though. I mean, like, I would have liked to see him play a little bit more, but it's fine. (laughs) All right. So any other players that you think I missed? Um, I'm looking at the list now, trying to think. I mean, Tyler Bozak is on this list. A lot of St. Louis Blues players are on this list, and that's a little bit surprising to me. Because they're I'm just surprised how bad St. Louis is. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Maybe we should have seen this coming because they did lose um, Petra Angelo Bowmeister, I think. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Bennington is not good. Tarasenko is, he was or is injured. I don't know if he's back yet. So I feel like maybe we should have seen this coming. Yeah, but like I would have thought that, I mean, some of the, like some of those are self-inflicted wounds. Like they didn't sign any other defense but they did go out and get toy krug so like i don't know like they did try to like supplement some of the moves that they made but i'm just surprised and i'm i'm surprised to see them sell when like i would have chalked this up to just like oh okay like it was a weird season we there's some moves we need to make let's like you know start fresh next season instead of being like well let's sell let's sell let's sell so i mean but that's a then again, I'm not a NHL GM, so that's true. I'm interested to <laughs> that's see. That's true. You're not. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm in, I'm interested to see um, David Riddick and see if Calgary moves him because I think he's a pretty decent goalie. He, you know what? The thing about David Riddick, and I don't watch a ton of Calgary games. I just feel like he's too up and down for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like goaltending in a nutshell, but. I don't think that Calgary's defense is that bad. But then again, they fired their coach, and so maybe it is. But then again, they are struggling. <laughs> they are struggling. Like, sometimes it's the defense, and then sometimes you just can't get a save. And I wonder if with him it's just you can't get a save. All right. So, like we always do, we're going to wrap up with the Penguins. So let's jump into this team. It's been so long, I feel like, since we've talked about this team that they have gone, like, up, down. Like, they're a completely different team. I think the last time we spoke, Christy, we weren't sold on this team. We wanted to see how they face against teams like Boston and the Islanders. So, 
Their record currently is 25, 13, and 2. In their last 10 games, they are 7, 2, and 1. And that, my friend, is good enough for third in the East Division. Um, and that's with 52 points. They are four points behind the Islanders, two points behind the um, Capitals, and that's with the same number of games played. The Bruins are four points behind them, and they have three games in hand on the Penguins. So, not too bad, especially when we get into the injuries that this team has faced, but definitely not too bad at all. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm just baffled at how they managed to pull these wins out with all of these injuries when when we did when we didn't have that many injuries injuries it was like a struggle and a half well see I don't know I would say the season that they have been injury ridden and when or injury riddled and when we kind of got everyone together there were still holes missing like finally like first in the beginning of the season it was like Malkin not doing so great and Zucker excuse me Malkin and Zucker not doing so great and then Zucker gets injured Malkin starts to find his game then you see the the rise of like the Malkin Kapanen line and then the Bluger Tanev Zach Aston Reese line uh, starts going because Zach Aston Reese is back. And then Sid's line has always been Sid's line. So then you're like, okay, wow, this team, the only uh, negative spot was some of the defense and then that fourth line. But then Malkin goes down and Kapanen goes down and then uh, Rodriguez comes back. And then like other, they start to fill in some of these holes and then they start doing that mentality where, like, we're without key guys. We need to work really hard. And then everyone looks <laughs> we incredible. Have to win. <laughs> but as of right now, at the time of recording, at the time of recording, Malkin is out, but he has skated for the first time this week. Kapanen Ooh. is still out. Tanev is out again. Tanev was out before and then came back and then got injured again. And now he's out. And then Mark so Friedman is up. still currently out. And so, like, on the defense, everyone is pretty much healthy right now. You have Chris Letang, Brian Dumlin together. You have um, John Marino and Marcus Pedersen together. And a surprising, a surprisingly good combination of Matheson and CeCe together, Cece. which is just so surprising because that would have been a nightmare before. <laughs> at the beginning of <laughs> Just yeah. thinking about it at the beginning of the year would have given me hives. Yes, it would have been, like, a nightmare for me. Um, in the last game, which was against the Rangers, the Pens won 5-2. to two. That defensive pairing was on for a goal against, but we'll give them, we'll give them some grace. We'll give them some it grace. It was only one. <laughs> but the, to be fair, they were on for two, like, CC was on for two goals, four, and Mastin was on for a goal four. So they ended up in the positive or neutral. <laughs> yeah (laughs) I like this team has just been so surprising for me specifically I think the there's been a couple of standout players I think I can't talk about anyone before I talk about Jared McCann who has just been so surprising everyone well I won't say everyone some of the player uh, some of the people on Twitter that I follow have been talking about how Jared McCann's numbers aren't as bad as like his on ice, what we see has been like his underlying numbers haven't been as bad. And I think that now you've kind of seen him finally be able to run his own line and have that trust in the coaching staff to, to center his own line that you start to see his like playmaking ability stand out. Um, One thing that is, has been the biggest surprise is his playmaking ability or his scoring ability on the power play. Um, In his last 10 games, he has five goals. I believe three of those are on the power play. It could be four. Um, And overall, he has 18 points in 27 games, which is very good for Jared McCann. Like, I was not expecting that. (laughs) I think, I feel like in a earlier podcast, eons ago, I think we mentioned something about like maybe 
McCann could be a 3C potentially if they needed him to be. All he just all he would need is that consistency and that mm-hmm. trust for him to do it. And I think now, because of injury, they don't really have a choice to play him at center, and it's it's paying off. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, I feel like last season, I wasn't, like, I liked the uh, McCann-Russ-Mulkin line. I did like that. But, I mean, I wasn't opposed to McCann at, like, giving McCann time as a 3C. Um, Mm -hmm. The only thing that's tough about being the 3C in Pittsburgh is that you don't get the best line mates. And so... That's always a hard thing. Like, you're getting, not the leftovers, but kind of the leftovers because Sid's always going to get the best. Balkan's always going to get the next best. And Bluger is always going to, nine times out of ten, have Zach Aston Reese and Tanev. So it kind of just, like, who else is left over is who you get. Yeah, pretty much. Which, maybe that's not fair of me to say, but I don't know. I honestly feel like that's the truth. Um, but either way, with this opportunity, Jared McCann has definitely taken that step. And I saw um, someone say on Twitter that when Malkin comes back, keep McCann on the power play and drop Russ to the second power play. And Ooh. that should be a very, like, he, they'd want to see that rendition of the power play. Because if that can happen, then in the, with the addition of Gino, this should be a good power play. Maybe not the best power play, but a good power play. <laughs> a better one. Yes, exactly. Do you think that when Malkin comes back, do you think they put put Jared back on the wing? Or do you think they try to give him his own line? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I'm, I'm not. Well, no. If, well, what I'll say. I think that it's going to be a while before Malkin comes back. Like he just skated. Um, And that's with, he's just with the skills coach or like with the rehab coach. It's not that he was like out with the team. So Mm -hmm. I do still feel like Malkin is still a ways away. But if Malkin comes back and Bluger's still out, I forgot to say that Teddy Bluger is is out. Um, Then I think McCann still stays at center. Because then it'll be, then I think it'll be Crosby- Malkin, McCann, Giroux, or Goudreau. <laughs> Giroux. Sorry. The like, geez, I'm sorry. The Maybe geez. they should trade for Giroux instead. He makes $8 million. Philly will retain 75%. <laughs> That's not even that. <laughs> Teams don't retain 75%, Christy. But nice they can try. try. Again, so like I said, Crosby, McCann, or Crosby, Malkin, McCann, and Goudreau. And I think, and I'll say this, I think that Goudreau has definitely earned his right to still stay in the lineup. Yeah. I think so, too. So, um, but yeah. But and so I also, has what? Z- Zahora. I was going to say, so has, like, Zahora, whoever that man is. Yeah, and I was actually going to get to him, but before I, I get to him, I wanted to talk about Chris Letang, who I feel like, since Malkin went down, I feel like Chris Letang has really stepped up. Not not in the sense that, like, oh, he stepped up just because Malkin's been out, but I feel like he's gotten to his play. And I feel mm-hmm. like we've seen consistently good games from Chris Letang and really good offensive games from Chris Letang, which in a time when you're without Malkin, you're without Kapanen, you're without Tanev, you're without Teddy Bluger, you need offense from your defense, and Chris Letang has been providing that. He has four assists in his last five games, but in the span since Malkin went down, he's had multiple multiple games where he's had two goals point yeah yeah that just warms my heart i just i, I feel like the penguins go as latang goes like if latang is good say. and he's feeling good the penguins they can figure it out yeah i think that's really fair to say i mean then well and i'll say this the pens go as latang goes especially and they go even better when latang has dumoulin with him like, Latang yes. has, looks fantastic when he has Brian Dumoulin there. Like, they just deserve to be together. Like, you cannot split them up. And when either one of them is 
injured, specifically when Brian Dumoulin is injured. It's just not a good look. And I will say I'm happy that Chris has been playing well and the Penguins have been playing well, that you don't hear any more rustlings of Brian Dumoulin getting traded. The disrespect. But that's that um, Chris and Dumoulin are both Earth signs. (laughs) So they're really compatible with each other. Oh, yeah. Dumo's a Virgo. I like. I just don't believe that. I'm like, there's no way this well, guy worries this much. Like, there's no way. He I don't does. He does. He. I don't believe that. But Chris Letang is like a Virgo. I mean, a Taurus. Like, he is a classic sense of a Taurus. Like, quick to <laughs> anger, loves nice things, is a little bit gaudy. Um, gaudy. Oh. <laughs> they love Very nice stubborn. things. Like, they love high quality. Yeah. Yeah, they love high-quality stuff like his suits. Yeah. But speaking of another rookie that came up and has surprised all of us, Christy, you mentioned, it's, okay, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. It's Radim Zahora? Radim Zahora. I feel like that is correct. If it's wrong, my apologies, Raheem. Radim, my apologies. But in five (laughs) games of playing with the Penguins, he has four points, two goals. Two really great goals, might I add. Yes, and he just came out of nowhere. Like, literally out of nowhere. Um, But I love it. I like when the Penguins do this. Like, they get some random person, and all of a sudden, they just start scoring a bunch. Hopefully, he keeps it up. Like, I really have no idea. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I don't either. I know that he's huge. He's, like, 6'6". And he's in the Czech. He's from the Czech Republic, I believe. Or he played on the Czech Republic. Um, He's 24. And he is waivers exempt. So that is great. Let's see. He, yeah, he was in the Czech last season. And, um, yeah, and when he's down with Wilkes-Barre Scranton, uh, he has three goals, eight assists for 11 points in 12 games. So uh, almost a point That's per cool. game down in the AHL. So not too surprising that he's playing really well in the NHL, but still kind of surprising because, that, like you said, when we previewed the Penguins, we did not talk about him because it seemed unlikely for him to get a chance. But because of all the injuries, they really dug deep for, like, random <laughs> players in the AHL. And they found a gem. I will say with Zahora, I really hope that he can stick and he can kind of make a name for himself. Maybe on that, like maybe if when everyone's healthy, um, maybe being that 12th forward, I say I'm skirting around the what I really want to say, which is I want him to jump Sam Lafferty. I'm not a fan of (laughs) Sam Lafferty. I'm not like a big fan of him. Um, so maybe that's why, but I just think that Zahora and Goudreau are, should play ahead of Sam Lafferty, but I know I'm probably the, like, I'm not like, that's not going to happen. Cause I feel like the Penguins like Sam Lafferty. I don't think you're in the minority. I do think, um, Sullivan likes Sam Lafferty though. Yeah. I wish he didn't. <laughs> no, that's so I just like Sam Lafferty. Like he takes like some bad penalties. He He's does take a lot of bad penalties. Yeah, like I, I don't know, and like he fights. I don't know. I sometimes I think that he he does too much because he's trying to stay in the lineup, and it's it should just be effortless, you know. Like it shouldn't be like you shouldn't have to force a penalty or force like a fight or whatever yeah yeah i agree all right the last person that i wanted to give a shout out to talked about him a little bit but cody cc in these last couple of games he's played solidly like in every zone offensive neutral defensive zone he's looked good i think obviously that is because he is playing a limited role, and in a limited role, he can play well. But in the game against the Rangers that the Penguins just played, he had 18 minutes, So, and he oh, was wow. on the penalty kill. So that's not, like, too limited, but, um, yeah. Are we, are we getting what Toronto thought that they were getting with Cody Cece? 
you know, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx anything. True. Like, I don't want to get cocky. I don't want to get confident because it can always come back and bite the penguins. And I want to see them do well. So, I don't know. But after talking about them for a little bit, I have a couple of questions for you, Chrissy, which I think they'll be a good way to wrap up uh, the Penguins. So with the trade deadline right around the corner, probably the trade deadline will be out by the time or will be over by the time this episode comes out. Um, What do you think this team could use? Like, where do you think is their biggest need? I don't know why, but the first thought that came to mind was a goalie. I don't think that they are in desperate. Okay. Is that is that what you were thinking? No, I mean, that it wouldn't be my first thing that I would go to. Um, but I was thinking goaltending. I would like just, a, just another goalie that whatever happens, you can always turn to them. But I thought yeah. that maybe I was just being... Hard to... on <laughs> no, no, like not just I was being too cautious. Like I'm like, oh, let's go out and get a goalie. But it's like if Jari isn't playing the way that he has been playing recently, then they're screwed. Like no matter how much like how good they play defensively, like if their goaltending isn't league average to a little bit above league average each game, then they're not going to win. And I don't know if that's just me being scared because of how this team was in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. or what, but I just would have liked, I just would like someone behind DeSmith that is, that could play an NHL game. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking someone, <laughs> someone to take DeSmith's spot. Which is fine. Like I'm down with that too. I just don't know if I necessarily see that happening. Because the yeah. team and the organization is so comfortable with Smith. Yeah, and he's cheapy cheap. Yeah. But outside of that, I feel like, I don't want to be like, they're set. Maybe a, maybe a center? Or like yeah. a forward? Yeah. I, I could see that too. I've seen the people say like, you know what, don't go out and get anybody. Wait till this team gets healthy. Because if this team gets healthy and they start and they can play like this, then that's a little scary. But I just remember last year when this team got healthy and they did not play as good as they were when this team was injury ridden. And Scott Lawton. I don't want to say that Gino's not going to come back and be Gino um, because I always believe in him. But I just I don't know. I would. Here's the thing. It takes I him a while. Say, yeah, well, not even that it takes him a while, but I just, I'm not, it's not that I don't trust him. I don't trust the team because last year or last season, they did the same thing. Like, it wasn't just one person letting the team down. It was ever nobody, like, the depth dried up. Like, the the mm-hmm. defensive, the solid defensive play dried up. So, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like you should add to this team to give them the confidence to say, like, yes, I think that you guys can make a run. But I also remember that article that came out last, like after they got bounced by Montreal and the, the oh locker God. room was thinking like, oh, we thought that we were, you know, we, we everyone was going to get healthy. We were going to make a run. And then you bring in these new guys and then people who were doing good all season got uh, scratched and like, you know, you went out and got all these players and then it just didn't work out. So I'm also cautious, like that's in the back of my mind too, when I think about what this team needs. I'm always just like a buffer. <laughs> just a little, just a little, <laughs> yeah, just a little I agree that. with you. I agree with you. I just in the back of my mind, I think about that article. So, with that said, is there someone that you've seen people talk about that probably won't happen, but you would like to see the pens pick up? Well, we've talked about them before, but if the Penguins could get Scott Lawton, I feel like I've been sold. I've never heard of him before. But hearing Friedman talk about him and then Dan- Danielle mention how good he is, I'm just like, maybe the Penguins should. Hextall already knows him. Like, if Hextall he really wants to go him. back to Philly, if he really wants to go back to Philly, it's like a five-hour drive. Like, he can do it. <laughs> That's a long drive. 
I don't know. I mean, I knew you were going to say this, but I put this question in because I have a pick that I know you're probably not going to like, but, um, I, I mean, like, yeah, like, I, I just don't, I don't know. I feel like you're very hyped on Scott Lawton and I just don't know if Scott Lawton is going to fit the Penguin style because I feel like the Flyers and the Penguins play different styles of hockey, but that's just me. I don't know. Um, the person that I would, I've seen like maybe, you know, maybe like one or two tweets about that. I thought, huh, that would be a really great fit is Adam Lowry from the Jets. No. I, <laughs> listen, I let you go. I let you go. I can't believe you're just interrupting me. That's so rude. <laughs> you are waiting to do this. Yes. Start my yes, feelings. I put, this, I put this question in specifically to, to talk about Adam Lowry. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, before you interject, Christy, I would just like to say my piece, okay? Because this is an equal opportunity podcast. It but is. But, yeah. I would pick uh, Adam Lowry. He is a center, so we agree on the center. Uh, he's 28. He has a $2.9 million cap hit, and he is a restricted free agent after this season. I, Before I go into depth why I like him, I don't, like I said, I don't think that this trade will happen, but I would really like to see it because who was from the Jets that's now on the Penguins? Brandon Tanev, and they were line mates together, and a lot of people said when we got Tanev that it was Adam Lowry driving him. And listen, I don't even know that I don't even know if they need to play together. I, I wouldn't say that they would need to, but that just like solidifies the center depth for the flat I and mean, for the penguins. Like you have Crosby, you have Malkin, you have Lowry, and you have Bluger, or you can do Bluger Lowry, I don't care. But you just roll four lines and then like Sid and Malkin are fresh. Like that it's just mwah. Like, I like that. Even though we talked about how good Jared McCann has been at center, I don't think he would look at a place on the wing with any of those centers we talked about. So that's what I like. I don't think that, I mean, Winnipeg is in a playoff position, especially with the Canucks not, you know, they're, they're probably piecing out. Um, so there's no way that the, the Jets would do it. As well as I believe that Adam Lowry's dad now works with the Jets. So, like, he's definitely not going anywhere. So, it's a pipe dream, but what a dream it would be. I would really like that. (sighs) I mean, it would be a nice fit, but I don't think the Jets would ever let him go. Like, he does too much for the Jets. He does so much for the Jets. And he just imagine him doing that for the Penguins. Like... (laughs) <laughs> Hello, Tampa. Like, let's go head to head. Like, I. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'd still be scared of Tampa. So, oh with that, everything that we talked about the trade deadline, the players, what the pens need, what do you think that Hextall and Burke are going to do? Uh, do you think that they're going to go out and add to this team, or do you think they're going to stay pat? What are the moves you see them making? I see them making like a like one or two minor, like really, really minor moves because the team has um, been playing really well and because we have so many injuries. So I'm going to assume that they're going to be like, okay, once we get everybody back, like we're only going to get better. So I don't see them making really that much moves, especially because like you said before, like Hextall, he's like a really patient GM. Um, so I don't think they're going to do anything big. Like at all yeah yeah you know so i can't speak on burke i really have no idea what brian burke might do but with ron hextall just from seeing what he did when he was with the flyers i just don't see him doing anything um i could actually just see him not making any moves but i do feel like he might make one or two minor moves just to like let the front off like for the ownership to be happy um but it's so upsetting right because I just feel like now is the time to like make moves because you can fleece people, but the pens have no cap space, no prospects, no draft picks. <laughs> so they really can't do anything. And I just feel like now would be the perfect time to fleece a couple of GMs 
out of really yeah. good pr- players for cheap. Um, but I just don't see Hextall doing that. I don't see that like the Penguins don't have what they need to do that. And so now yeah, would be I, the time to trade like, Cody CC or Matheson, to be honest. Like now would be the perfect time to trade Matheson because while we talked about how good CC has been, I think Matheson has been like as good as he is some nights and his offensive production is, is as bad as the plays that he makes and the defensive lapses that he gives up. And I know it's not all on him. I mean, there's four other guys out there with him, but I don't think that he's been making it any easier. I just don't know. And that contract is atrocious. That contract <laughs> like, it's atrocious. Is so, like, we thought that Tanov contract was bad when it was signed. Well, I don't know if you did. It's I thought still the bad. Tanev, <laughs> I thought it was bad. bad and, like, Mike Matheson is just... It's worse. It's, yeah, it is worse. So we will see what happens with the Penguins. Um, of course, in the next episode, we'll talk about it. But uh, is there anything else on the Penguins that you want to talk about that we didn't? Mm. No. I feel like I feel like we talked. Well, the power play, like I feel like it's done a little bit better. Um, the last time we recorded, they were 15th in the league, and now they're 14th. So, you know, they're Jared moving McCann's, up. Jared McCann's offense, baby. That's what it is. Yes, we McCann. Yes, we McCann. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful, but I had to. Come oh, on. it was fun. That is it for us this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe, tell a friend. And if you really like this episode, give us five-star review if you are listening on iTunes. You can reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi, and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.